I was standing at the foot of her hospital bed, my son-in-law holding Deborah's hand, and I saw Juliet enter the world. I was standing right beside the midwife. And when the midwife lifted her little head, I looked in those eyes and I swear Juliet looked back at me. It was the most magical moment of my entire life. And I just went completely gaga. Welcome to the Adventures with Grammy podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Berry. This podcast is for grandparents on the go with their grandchildren and for parents who want to ensure loving relationships across the generations. I welcome your input and your feedback on every episode of the podcast we produce. Please send me an email at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com or connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Grammy Adventure. Please follow or subscribe to my podcast. It's free so you won't miss an episode and ask your family and friends to do the same. You can subscribe to the monthly newsletter by visiting my website, adventureswithgrammy.com and clicking the newsletter sign-up link. Today's guest is Donnie Davis. Ever since she became a grandmother, she's been on a mission to connect with other grandmothers and explore what it means to be a modern grandma. 18 years ago, she founded the Gaga Sisterhood as a social network for enthusiastic, creative, caring women who indulge in the joy of being grandmothers. Members meet during Zoom meetings and learn from guest speakers and stay connected through blog posts, social media, and email newsletters. She is the author of the book, When Being a Grandma Isn't So Grand, Four Keys to Love Your Grandchild's Parents. Before we listen to the interview, I want to update you on the Adventures with Grammy essay contest to honor grandparents. We have extended the deadline to 11 p.m. Friday, August the 13th. The contest is open to children ages 5 to 16. The theme is, My Grand is Grand Because... Children have 250 words or less to tell us about all of their grandparents or choose a grandmother or a grandfather. To learn more, visit adventureswithgrammy.com forward slash podcast forward slash contest dot html. Details about the contest and links to our guests' social media are in the show notes. Now, let's listen to the interview. Tell me about that first time you discovered you were going to be a grandmother and what it was like to see that baby and hold that baby. Well, I still remember how my daughter and son-in-law announced that we were going to be grandparents. They had been together for several years and been working on their careers. And we were, I think it was my daughter's birthday. And she said, well, I've got a present for you, mom and dad. And she gave us this bag and I opened up the bag and it was a license plate holder that said grandparents finally. I was so ecstatic. I was really, really excited, of course. Then what was even more amazing was that my daughter asked me to be at the birth of her child. And that's really when it all started. It was really exciting. And I remember just jumping in the air and then running out of the room down the hall to tell my husband, we're grandparents. 
I joke now, but I went completely gaga and it took me days to come back down to earth. I started talking to other grandmas and it was kind of comical because I thought I was the first grandma to feel that way. But of course, I discovered right away that every grandma I talked to was gaga. I have three granddaughters. The oldest is 18. And she and I just did what you I saw on your website you call skip generation travel. She and I went down to explore the campus where she's going to be going to school in September, University of California at Santa Barbara. She's my oldest. And then she has a younger sister, Amelia, who's 14. Then I have a seven-year-old granddaughter who's my son's daughter, and she's down in Burbank, and her name's Sophia. It's nice to be able to have that special time with the grandkids, whether it's one-on-one or one-on-two, but to be able to tour the campus with her, that's quite a treat and quite a honor for her to want you to do that. I felt that exact same way. I felt like it was a privilege for me to be able to show Juliet the campus for the first time because she'd never been there. And I thought it was a really nice gift. I told both my daughter and son-in-law that I appreciated that gift that they gave me to take her down there. It was just wonderful. That actually leads into a question that I know your book addresses, like when being a grandma isn't so grand. One of the themes that pops up often are conflicts with your grandchildren, your grandchildren's parents. Tell us about the kinds of conflicts that you've seen that prompted you to write that book. It starts with my own personal challenge. So as I mentioned, my first reaction of being gaga and finding out that every grandma was gaga was reinforcing how I felt. Then as I got into my role as a grandma, and I watched my daughter parent, I saw how different she was doing it than I was when I was raising her. Juliet's first two weeks of life, I spent all that time helping Deborah and staying at their home. What I noticed, she was doing this attachment parenting, which I'd never heard of before. So she wrapped Juliet around her in this big uh, Moby wrap and she carried Juliet around all the time. And she would then complain how tired she was. To me, it seemed like, well, if you would put the baby down and give yourself a rest, you might not feel so tired. But I didn't say that because I know that children, adult children do not like to get advice from their parents unless it's solicited. So I kept my mouth shut, but it prompted me to want to talk to other grandmas. And that's really how I started the Gaga Sisterhood, because I said, I've got to talk to some other grandmas and find out what their experience is like. And I just said, there's got to be some explanation for all these new ways of parenting. And sure enough, I got about five months later, I invited 15 grandmas to my house and we sat in a circle in my living room and we talked about what it's like to be a modern grandma. And so many of us said, we are really having a hard time understanding the new kinds of parenting techniques that we see our children doing to raise our grandchildren. So that's how it started. So now have you solved the world's problems? (laughs) No, but I have explained to grandmas, you've got to build that mutual respect and trust between you and your adult children so that you get the privilege, the gift, the honor of taking your 18-year-old grandchild to college, having that wonderful time together. And that comes over a lot of exploring what 
expectations each side has, talking about what the, the parenting techniques are. I, I'm a big believer in communication, sitting down and really talking. And, and I think it's so important for new grandparents, even before they become grandparents, to talk to the parents and say, what are you thinking of as, as you're getting ready to be this role of, of parents? What kinds of ideas do you have? And be really curious in a non-judgmental way. Oh, that's a great opening because it's definitely non-threatening if you're doing this, perhaps even before they are expecting the baby. It's just a conversation. Expectations are really big on both sides. And you have to ask each other, what do you see me as a part of this team? How do you see me being involved? Can I come once a week or maybe they have different expectations. And then you talk about your expectations. It's really good. And they're going to change over time. But I do think that getting those out in the open and talking about them in the beginning will prevent a lot of heartache and and conflict as you continue to grow in the relationship. You mentioned the the Moby wrap carrying the baby around with her all of the time. What else did you see that was so different from how you raised your daughter? There were a lot of things initially. And then over the years, there have been more. They slept with the baby and they did breastfeeding on demand and not, you know, never let the baby cry. I've talked to another grandma recently who said it just broke her heart because the parents were trying to train the baby to self-soothe and sleep alone and take the naps that they needed. And the grandma just couldn't stand the baby crying. So I had the opposite situation where my daughter just responded constantly to any need that the baby had. And she explained to me that this is attachment parenting. And once she explained it to me, I thought, well, that's really great. Because the, the idea is that when you give the baby all that they need, as an infant and all that attachment, it actually enables them to feel independent and separate from you at the appropriate age. Correct. Because the baby has a lot of confidence and a lot of trust in the important people in his or her life. And so they, they don't feel frantic and they don't feel like their needs aren't being met so they can relax and enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. So, and yes, yeah, so over the years, I'd never heard of baby sign language and my daughter taught both her daughters to use sign language before they could speak, which turned out to be a really fun thing to do. They all became vegan 10 years ago. And they also, my daughter homeschools, my two granddaughters. I think I would get along very well with your daughter. (laughs) Really, that's the kind of philosophy I have and how I raise my own children. And for the most part, how my grandchildren are being raised, though not the vegan. They are definitely meat eaters, but that uh, meeting the child's needs and breastfeeding on demand and the family bed, all of that is common and, and a common core of our parenting philosophy. I've been very fortunate and there have been very few disputes in our family over how the children are being raised. It's something that I'm mindful of and curious about with other families. Mm-hmm. And, and like you, I, I want to step back and see what other grandparents are thinking. I don't want to come across as this know-it-all, you know, grandmother, because I'm certainly learning myself, constant hmm. learning. I approach the role of being a grandma as an anthropologist studying a tribe and watching their behaviors and learning about them and having curiosity and interest 
without judgment. When you think about from an anthropological sense, I forgot the author's name, but I think it's the Pearl Buck with the earth. You know, these moms would give birth and within a few days, the babies would be wrapped in a cloth like the Moby and they're back out in the fields working. Mm -hmm. So it's not really a new concept. It's just a modern touch on a concept. Exactly. Well, I'll have to tell Deborah about you. She'll, she'll enjoy hearing that. I had conflict with my mom and her sister when my oldest child was born. I had become involved with La Leche League with the breastfeeding group. Oh, Deborah was and, a big fan of that. And I was pleasantly surprised and felt incredibly nurtured by the people, not only the leaders of that group, but by the women who were coming, the moms. And I felt that what was deep in my heart about raising my children wasn't so odd that there were other people who had that same kind of philosophy. And it gave me the courage and the freedom to nurse my babies whenever they needed to, and to sleep to have the family bed and to help my mother and her sister understand that just because I wanted to hold this baby a lot because I felt the child needed it didn't mean that I was spoiling him. And I look back over the years and I have this, you know, grown adult and I'm really proud of who he is and the kind of father he is and the kind of husband he is. I don't see a negative with it. And we have my late husband and I had three kids and they were all raised in that same philosophy. And I really admire the adults they are and the parents they are. Yes, I feel the same way. I, on Father's Day, I told my son-in-law, you have just done a fabulous job as a dad with your two girls. Because I had just gotten back from the trip with Juliet and it was such a wonderful experience. And I said, you're, it's the, the proof is in the pudding. These two children are really thriving and wonderful to be around. I'm sure that was a real, a real proud moment for you that you could go down there, have fun, help launch her onto her own path in adulthood, and then come back and still feel that you both gained from that. That's really a great experience. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Let's go back and talk about Gaga Sisterhood. Now, you live in California, you have local meetings, but then you also have a group in New Jersey. And then with the pandemic, you opened it up to Zoom. Tell us about the actual meetings and what you do at the meetings. Oh, I love b both types of meetings. You know, prior to the pandemic, we had been meeting 18 years. Next month will be my 106th meeting since the Gaga Sisterhood started. I always like to say the number because it shows how long we've been around. Prior to the pandemic, we were meeting in person and we'd have about 20 to 25 people at a meeting and we'd have speakers. And I was restricted to speakers who were local. So I had a wide variety of speakers over the years. And we've talked about so many things. I try to balance the speakers between uh, activities that we might enjoy doing with our grandchildren. For example, we've had storytellers, two or three storytellers over the years. We've had speakers where we talk about meditation. We've had speakers who've talked about good sleep practices. I often start with my own needs. What are my interests and needs that might appeal to others? We've talked about how to create the family tree 
Oh, we've done um, travel, intergenerational travel. So many, many things over the years. We Once we, I asked everybody to bring a creative project that they'd done and we all shared different creative projects. March 8th of 2020 was our last meeting in person. I had never thought about having meetings on Zoom. I realized that was a great opportunity, not only to continue meeting, but to expand it to grandmas all over the country. And that's what's happened. We now have grandmas literally all over the country. We even had a grandma from Australia on one of our calls. So we have been meeting since April of 2020, every month on Zoom. And that's allowed me not only to have grandmas from all over the country, but speakers from all over the country. That opened up a new world for you. It has. It's really exciting. I love it. I love talking to other grandmas. I was so excited when you invited me to be on your podcast because there's nothing more fun for me than talking about what it's like to be a grandma today. One of the things that I love about this podcast is that I have met so many incredibly wonderful people and our backgrounds may be completely dissimilar, but there's this common thread about our love and absolute joy of sharing activities and story times and hugs with our grandchildren. And that love transcends all and it is exciting talking to other grandparents. And I learn, I learn from other grandparents and it also helps me shape my philosophy and my attitudes about different things by hearing other people's experiences. I haven't attended your meetings, but I would think that that would be a great, not only social gathering, but a great educational event as well. Absolutely. I collect all the testimonials that people send me. And recently I got one after the meeting just a couple of weeks ago. And this woman in Idaho, who has been coming to every meeting since last April, has said that she loved the intellectual stimulation that she finds at the meetings, because I have some really interesting speakers who talk about really great topics. This last one in, in June is was a documentary filmmaker, and she became a documentary filmmaker at age 65. We can reinvent ourselves. Yes. But the other thing about the Gaga sisterhood that I, I say on my website, and I think this opens up another side of grandparenting, is basically when being a grandma isn't so grand. I Because I say we have the joys, we all feel the joys, we speak that same love language, as you said, and there are challenges. There are, in any relationship, there are challenges. There's differences of opinion, different values, different thoughts about how to do things. And it's being able to accept the differences and talk about them and then hopefully continue on. So we, I provide an opportunity for grandmas to talk about the challenges as well. It's important to take off the parenting hat and put on a neighbor or friend or coworker hat when you're talking with your children and to remember that they as adults have influences. And even though they're always going to be your children, now that they're parents, you can't assume that you can control how they parent, that you have to respect what they've learned from other people and 
take a step back and look at it objectively and not emotionally. Does that make sense? Totally. I'm nodding my head because I just agree exactly. And I have learned so much from my daughter over the years. One of the biggest lessons I've learned is parents don't want to be given advice. They want you to empathize. They want you to understand how they're feeling. And that's one of the four keys to loving your grandchild's parents in the subtitle of my book. So there's an acronym, L-O-V-E. L is learn the parent's language. We talked about that just a few minutes ago that there's all these new parenting techniques. So learn it, find out what they're doing and be curious. The O is own your shared goals. So I I like to think of myself as being part of a team, not just, you know, grandma, but helping to create so many opportunities for my grandchildren to thrive. And I know that's what their parents want too. And the V is value the parents' hard work. You know, there's nothing better than showing and recognizing how great a job your adult children are doing as parents. And the E is, again, what my daughter taught me is empathy. Empathize, empathize, empathize. I'm often around my children's friends. And so I step back and I think I would never tell one of my uh, my daughter-in-law's friends that she was raising her daughter wrong or that she shouldn't be doing that. If I'm not going to tell one of the friends not to do something, I certainly shouldn't tell it to my daughter-in-law either. That has helped me a lot, but I love the acronym of the love. That is a good way of helping to, to remember that. Nothing breaks my heart worse than to see a grandparent or hear of a grandparent who is completely shut off from her grandchildren or his grandchildren because of differences that the parents and the grandparents could not communicate. Yes, it's unfortunate that sometimes our egos get in the way. It can be a two-way street. I, I don't think that grandparents are always the ones that are the culprits. I've heard a lot of stories on the opposite side. So I think I, I hear both, but it really is so heartbreaking to think that grandparents are denied access to their grandchildren. And there's a huge group of them that are alienated grandparents. I actually personally know two. And it is heartbreaking because both of these families, the, the grands, are incredibly loving people who only want the best for their children and their grandchildren. And I do know from the grandparent side that they're, they're, they're really neat people. And it baffles me that there is an issue. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've had a few experience, personal experiences of friends who also have had that situation. And in both cases, they've resolved them after several years which is so heartwarming. I think if we also kept in mind that you talk about shared goals, that is to me the most important part of being a grandmother is that we have common interests and common goals for our our grandchildren and we can play a supporting role and help parents accomplish those goals for their children. And it really does, like you said, it's a team effort. And I love being part of the team. I love that my sons want me to be part of that team. Yes. Oh, I feel that same way. One of my favorite things 
with both my granddaughters, because they're excellent writers and I'm a writer, is helping them with their writing assignment. Nothing brings me more pleasure than being on a long phone call with either one of them or FaceTime and going over an essay together and brainstorming with them and and letting them think out loud. It's really exciting for me. I love it. Juliet and I even worked on the college essays together. And you know what that does? There's a great opportunity there. So when we were working on the college essays, I had an opportunity to ask her about what she thought were her gifts. And I love being able to build self-esteem in all three of my granddaughters by reinforcing what I see are their strengths. And that is a very important role of a grandparent. We're actually getting ready to go on a family vacation. And I, I told my, my sons, I said, I, this year, because the kids are old enough, I want to take them one-on-one someplace while we're on vacation, just two of us at a time, because I want to have time to really talk with the children and like you learn about them. What exactly do they like or why do they like playing this game? You know, just to find that out. Well, I started when Julia was really young, actually when she was four and my daughter was pregnant with the second baby, I would tell Juliet stories over the phone while my daughter rested. And I'm I love to tell stories. And so we just developed a tradition of storytelling over the phone. And so we've always had a really good phone connection. They live two hours from me. And then as Julia's gotten older, she really enjoys continuing the conversations. And we've had two hour phone calls where I learn all the things that she's doing. I've learned a lot of technology. She, she set me up with my Instagram account and she's good with that. She's really very good on computer and very artistic and and loves being on the computer with her tablet and pen. So we just have really long conversations. And now Amelia is also enjoying having conversations and she likes to do quizzes. She likes to learn about (laughs) sharks and whales and things. So she'll give me a quiz over the phone and it's fun to learn her interests too. There's a part of me that at admires that you have three girls. I have six grandchildren, the older four are boys. And then the younger two are girls four and 17 months. And sometimes my grandparenting interaction is incredibly frenetic. And I think partly because they're four boys, (laughs) and they're almost six, seven, eight, and nine. And there isn't a lot of time to sit and reflect. (laughs) And as you're talking about these two hour conversations and learning about them, it's like, oh, that just sounds like heaven. (laughs) Yeah, well, my late husband had grandson envy, because we had no boys. And he always hoped that he would have had some grandsons in the mix. But he was a really good grandpa. He, He died two years ago. Well, I also have a really good relationship with my little seven-year-old. She's quite amazing. She'll stay on FaceTime for an hour and a half. So maybe it is girls. I don't know. But <laughs> she, likes to, she, I, she likes to be my art teacher. So we'll do art classes on Zoom or FaceTime. And we play games. We play, if we're on Zoom, 
she taught me this fun game that her teacher showed her when they were all on Zoom classes, where in the chat, you put a, a scrambled word and then you put the word as it is scrambled and you have the other person has to guess what the word is. And we play that a lot on the computer. That sounds like fun, too. And mm -hmm. again, it's it's screen time, but it's quality time with you, one on one time with you. And it's educational to boot. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? I love playing the sort of pretend teacher with my grand. I'm sure you do, too. Your kids are this grandkids are the same age. The four year old, you know, she likes to color and likes to do, you know, like find words and scramble at, at four, which is fun to do. The boys have a very limited time span where they're going to sit down and do that kind of thing. They're mm -hmm. more active and rambunctious. Sure. So we do a lot of jumping on the trampoline. Mostly I watch. <laughs> Go back to some of the issues with relationships. And, and one of the things that you talk about in the book is when grandparents feel unappreciated or they feel left out. Tell us about those. Well, because we all love our grandchildren so much, it's really hard when we're not included. And I know I've heard some grandparents say that as their grandchildren get older, which I'm experiencing, they have their, their big lives. They have their friends, they have their activities. And so a lot of times the grandparents are not included as much as they used to be when the grandchildren were younger. Then there's another kind of example that I've seen happen where grandparents almost are like doormats. They, they give too much, they offer too much, and then they feel unappreciated when the, the children take them for granted. So I've heard that side too, where you almost are, you're unappreciated because you're, you're doing too much and they just, they forget to thank you. And that, that's pretty painful when that happens. I actually have met two grandmothers who moved, who sold their mortgage-free houses, moved to a different area of the country to be near the you know, like one or the two children, mm -hmm. for instance, watch the children or just to be closer. And then for whatever reason, that relationship turned sour. And the grandparents are now in a strange town with no friends and an alienated family. I can't imagine that pain. I just can't imagine that somebody has uprooted their entire lives and moved to a place where they know no one other than their child and their grandchild, only to have that relationship not be what everyone expected it to be. So oh, that, that's yeah. the ultimate feeling <laughs> unappreciated. Yes. H have you run into that before? Have you had any family tell you about that kind of hurt? Well, it wasn't quite that bad, but one grandma I know who's in my Gaga sisterhood moved here from across the United States to be close to her, her parent, her grandchildren and son and daughter-in-law. And they loved living here. But then after five years, the children decided to move to the other side of the country. So they have a good relationship. So it's not a, the relationship that caused it. But, you know, the grandparents gave up their place that they had for, lived in for 40 years and moved out here. So they had to establish a new life and they have, it's, you, you just can't count on families to stay in one place these days. No, we are an incredibly mobile society and with job situations where it isn't as if you work for the same company for 40 years anymore. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of movement. And even if it is the same company, 
often the company wants to transfer you to a different office and there you go. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about another example of Gaga told me not too long ago that she wants to be more involved with her grandchildren. She's the paternal grandma. So often you have a different kind of relationship when you're a paternal grandma versus a maternal. Not always, but sometimes the bond between the mother and daughter can be really strong. So this grandma said she really wanted to spend more time with her grandchildren and really like have a weekly dinner with them. So she was going to ask them, but she had some trepidation about possibly being rejected. By the parents rejecting that or the grandchildren? No, the parents. Because yet she would ask the parents and say, you know, I'd love to have a weekly dinner with you and the, and the children. And I'm in the similar situation about in, a, in our vacation a couple of weeks from now, I want to take each child for like a couple of hours, whatever that child wants to do, whether it's play putt-putt golf or a movie or lunch and ice cream or whatever. But I can't just say, oh, I'm going to take my grandson. I, I've already expressed my wishes to their parents. Neither set has said, oh yeah, that's a great idea. So I will bring it up again before we go on vacation, but there's that gatekeeper. I have to ask permission to do that. I just can't do it because I want to. So I understand. Right. I'm going to say the gatekeeper is the right word. A lot of people use that word. And this is us on vacation, having fun. You have to ask the parents permission before you can do that. So I can see where there was a little trepidation on your, on your friend's part, but how wonderful to have a weekly dinner with your grandparent. Yes. That's what I remember having with mine. I was very close to my grandparents. My mom had my, her parents, my maternal grandparents and her mother-in-law, my paternal grandma over for dinner every week when I was growing up. They were, they were at our dinner table every week and we all lived in San Francisco. So we were, we didn't live far away. And so I, I was, had that expectation and I'm, I'm sure my parents had that expectation when they became grandparents. And sadly, when I was seven months pregnant, my husband got a job in Southern California. And so I didn't realize at the time how heartbreaking that must have been for my parents. Right when they were about to become first-time grandparents, we moved to Southern California, seven-hour drive away. So it changed the dynamic totally from what they had expected, I'm sure. Yeah, things are different. You've got to kind of go with the flow and the, the changes. And I just say you try to read what the situation is and adapt as best you can. I personally think communication is the key. And I think it is important for grandparents to have confidence in themselves and to not feel like that doormat and to just accept that there are things going on in that family's life that you may not be privy to. The answer comes back, no, we can't do that. You have to accept it. But I think a job proposal or any kind of business proposal, if you can point out the advantages to the parents and to about for themselves personally, as well as the benefit of taking your granddaughter out or your grandson out one-on-one every week and establishing that relationship. If you can show the benefit, then perhaps the parent could be more lenient. It might be a sports schedule or a homework schedule. There's so many things that could come up, but what's the priority in your lives? Well, you said something else that triggered a thought in me. 
I think it's so important for grandmas to have a life beyond their grandchildren. We have to have absolutely personal interests and personal activities and, and goals that make our lives fun and worth living because our grandchildren are going to grow up. There's a wonderful time when, when if we're around the grandchildren and, and we can be with them as much as possible, that's a great time. But then they get older and I've, I experienced that myself. I've always believed that it's important to have some things that you enjoy in your own life. And that's the, to me, is the exciting part of your Gaga sisterhood is that you're still in the grandparent realm, but you have friendships and a life that doesn't revolve around the grandchildren. So you can be the best of both worlds. You're writing, you are your own person. You're not Juliet's grandmother. You're your own person. And you also happen to be Juliet's grandmother. Well, thank you for saying that. I, I love my life. I mean, I, of course, I miss my husband so much. We were married for 50 years, but I love the life that I've created. And, and what makes it so exciting and fun for me to get up every day is knowing that I get to talk to other grandmas and meet new people and do something that I feel is of value and people are interested in, in joining. So I love the speaker series that I put on for 18 years, and I hope to continue doing it. Well, how would somebody join your sisterhood? What do they do? How much does it cost? How often do you meet? My website is gagasisterhood.com. I have a section right at the top that says join the Gaga Sisterhood. And that's, I have a meetup group. I have a big meetup group. We have over 200 people in the meetup group. You can come to the first meeting and test it out and see if you like it for free. And then if you want to join, it's $60 a year. And I'm going to continue doing uh, the Zoom meetings because they work so well. Oh, that's that's certainly affordable and a great bargain for all of the information that you provide to grandparents. I try to make it affordable because I want as many grandmas to join as possible. I also do a monthly newsletter and I also have a weekly blog post on my website. Now, so do you still hold you or are you going back to your in-person group in California? We are. I'm very excited. We're going to have our first in-person meeting on July 18th. I'm going to, we're going to meet in one of our members' beautiful gardens in the Silicon Valley and we'll just get together. We're going to have a sort of a late afternoon, four to six wine and hors d'oeuvres and, and munchies and just talk. And, and then what I usually do when we have a social gathering, we have two or three social gatherings a year when we meet in person. We always have a dinner al fresco. And uh, December, we have a combined holiday party and anniversary because the Gaga Sisterhood started on December 7th in 2003. So we have a combined party. And this, the person who's hosting the July 18th is the one who has the holiday party. And at the end of the social gatherings, we always sit in a circle and have a question that we all answer going around in a circle. And so this, when we get together in July, I'm going to ask people to share something they learned about themselves during the pandemic. That would be an interesting conversation. Yeah, I like to do that. I love I love creating community. I always have. And I love watching people interact and, and meet people and connect. It's a great joy I have to connect people. 
the mission of the Gaga Sisterhood is to inspire grandmas to keep learning and growing. You are giving grandparents permission and courage to step outside and do something for themselves. And when you look historically in that anthropological view of our generation, women weren't necessarily, quote, supposed to have outside interests. Everything was cooking and cleaning and baking and doing inside the house, raising kids. And we've evolved as a society and our expectations have evolved. And if particularly women, if we haven't kept up with nurturing our own selves, then I can see where that left out sad, unappreciated feeling can just envelop you and change your whole attitude about life. Mm, So it's nice to see that you are, you have that mission and that you're helping women to learn how to do that for themselves. Definitely. Yeah. That's what keeps me going is I love learning new technology. I love learning people's stories, listening to people's stories. It's, it's very stimulating for me. I think it's what keeps us young too. My mom is 98. You you talked about how, when you moved away and the disappointment with your family, your parents, did they ever express anything to you like that? Did they ever tell you how disappointed they were? Oh, yes. (laughs) They were, they were heartbroken, but I don't think I could really appreciate it until I became a grandma. I was looking at it more from a, you know, I was still, I was a brand new parent and I was certainly going to move with my husband. And even though I was very close to my parents, so yes, they were, they were really sad. They weren't used to that. As I said, our whole family was all in San Francisco. And so they're saying, well, you're moving really? So we just got used to seeing them maybe six times a year or seven times a year, we'd either fly up or they'd fly down or we'd drive. And over the years, that's just how we adapted. And so they were really happy when we moved back to the Bay Area, but it took a long time. So now my mom is a great grandma. But that probably has given you a lot more empathy for your own grandmother experience and helped shape your values as well. Oh, definitely. Well, we never can appreciate what a role is like until we live it ourselves. Well, I'm really glad to hear that your mom is doing so well. And what kind of parenting, grandparenting advice did she give you? (laughs) I don't think she gave me advice. She was not an advice giving kind of mom, and she still isn't. But I'll tell you, I had a wonderful role model. I had two wonderful grandmas who I had in my life till I was 40. Yeah, Not many women can say that. I know. And so I had long conversations, especially with my maternal grandma. I was very close to her and she lived to be 93. And she and I took a train trip from San Francisco to New York and back when I graduated from high school. And we had such a good time. We stopped all across the United States and, you know, Washington, D.C. and Jamestown and Williamsburg and Philadelphia, New York, just had a wonderful time together. And she, she was just a, a fabulous role model and a fun grandma to be with. I spent so much time with her on the weekends, going to the movies. We go to the Saturday, Saturday matinee. So I don't think I got advice as much as I just had a role model for a grandma of how I wanted to be. Oh, that bonding time that you had with her. To me, that is such a precious relationship and one that I really hope 
to continue to cultivate with my own grandkids. And so there you were with your skip generation travel before it was even a popular term. Yeah, right. <laughs> and my grandma took my brothers and me to Hawaii too for two weeks. Just just her and my brothers and me. Oh, she was nice. a great traveler. Yeah. She, she and my grandpa traveled around the world a lot. But you know, I wanted to say, respond to what you said about your hope for your relationship with your grandchildren. You know, intentionality is such an important part of any role in life. If you have in your mind what you hope the relationship will be or what you want to be, it's a good chance that it will happen. I agree. You know, it's something as simple as when, like when I left, I wrote a little note and put under the pillows of each of the each of the kids. It's like, I had fun with you this weekend, or I had fun with you this week. I send them postcards, or I write them letters. It's just something to let them know that since I'm three hours away, that they are important to me. And I don't expect anything back. I don't expect that they call me or they send me something else, a letter back. But every now and then I will get a letter in the mail, or I will get a phone call, or I'll get a FaceTime message. And to me, that is absolutely precious. I have on my refrigerator pictures they've drawn of me or pictures they've, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they've done. And so I do believe that being intentional will pay off. And it's not as if I'm trying to force it or to buy anything. It's just, mm-hmm. I want to let them know how important they are to me. Yeah. And I think that will help a lot as they grow older. Yes. And you know, just as I said, my grandma was a role model for me and you're a role model for your grandchildren. And they're, when they become adults, they're going to remember you. And they'll talk about you the same way I'm talking about my grandma, because all those little personal things show that you love them, that you care about them, and that they're in your thoughts. I actually watched my younger son's four children this past week while he and his wife were on vacation. Yeah, that was was fun. We really, I'm exhausted, but (laughs) we had a lot of fun. Uh, But every, every year in July, our entire family goes on vacation. And it, the beach week is around grandson three's birthday. Mm -hmm. And so whatever the, you know, one of the days in beach week has to be his birthday. So we always have his birthday party there. Well, last year with the pandemic, I just wasn't comfortable going. So I didn't go, but I had sent him a present and I did talk to him on his birthday. And this past week, he asked me, was I coming to his birthday party this year? And I said, oh, absolutely. I wouldn't miss it. He said, but you did last year and it took my breath away. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I wasn't able to go last week because last year, because I was afraid of the pandemic and I didn't want to get sick and I didn't want to die. And he said, but I missed you. Mm -hmm. And so this is almost a year later that this little boy who will be seven is telling me that he missed me last year because I didn't go to beach week and celebrate his birthday. Mm I get goosebumps telling you that right now. I mean, when he said that to me last week, I just sat there with my jaw open. First of all, I had no idea that he would have missed me simply because it's a very active time. They're at the beach, they're digging in sand and they're running and playing. His other grandparents were there. His 
mom and dad and sisters were there. I, I just never expected that my not being there would have had an impact on him. Mm. And I find out almost a year later, how incredible of an impact my not being there was. I will not miss speech week again. Yeah, (laughs) I will make sure I am there. And that's the kind of thing that I hope, like with you taking or the other woman taking her daughter's our grandchildren out to dinner and you're being able to go with Julia to Santa Barbara. I want one-on-one time with them to help those conversations come out so that I know what's in their heart. Life is incredibly hectic when I'm down there. There really isn't a whole lot of time for me to have one-on-one time because I am so far away and everybody wants to see me. Everybody's running to me, yelling my name with their arms outstretched <laughs> when I drive in and they all want me to pick them up and hug them right then. So it's hard for me to get one-on-one time with them, but it's that it, it was conversation as he was falling asleep as this is really important that I do this and I need to start it as soon as the parents will allow me to. So that was what has prompted me to say to my sons, I really would like to have one-on-one time with the children. Yeah. Quite a few grandmas I know take their kids, their grandkids on road scholar trips. And for that very reason, we actually have in our, in Virginia, a couple of the road scholar events, and they certainly look exciting. And it's something that I would like to do as well. If you were to have just one takeaway that whether it's a new grandparent or a grandparent like with me, whose grandson is nine years old, or what the oldest is nine years old. What would you say to them? What is important for them to understand and to know and to appreciate? You don't have to be best friends with your children to have a good relationship. What you have to have is empathy and a true curiosity about what they're doing, why they've made the choices they've made, and an interest in being part of that. And again, like you said, too, it is a two-way street. Children, the adult children need to be open to that kind of relationship as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you get lucky. And if you don't, then, you know, you you try to make the best of it and be patient. Oh, you know, patience is a really big quality that grandparents need to have. As the parents are getting into their role, they're going to do a lot of things that are going to look different and strange maybe. So you just have to be patient and let uh, time kind of hopefully be on your side so that you do get what you want, but maybe not right away. I think it's about time for us to say goodbye, but I do want to, again, give you an opportunity to tell grandparents where to find you and to offer any advice or wisdom or anything you want to share. Well, I've got my gagasisterhood.com website. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. We've been around for 18 years and we are always welcoming new grandmas who feel gaga about being a grandma. And it's where we (laughs) share both our joys and challenges. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. If you would like to be a guest, or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please connect with me at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com.